everyone. It's time to talk photography with the Image Doctors. I'm Jason O'Dell. And I'm Rick Walker. And it's good to be back with everyone today um, as we're still marching forward to the holiday season. And uh, hopefully everybody's got some good gifts le- lined up for, for themselves for this year. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but uh, Don't open them early. Well, if it's for yourself, you have to test it, right? I know. I'm just <laughs> kidding. On. It's all good. Um, no, it's exciting, exciting times. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was any announcements we needed to share um, up front before we said, oh, we have, we still have the three spots available to join us in uh, Arizona in uh, the end of February for infrared workshop. So if you're at all interested in infrared, um, this, this could be a good, a good way to learn. I it. think it'll be really cool. So um, there, there is that. Um, and uh, I sent out an email. I have one space available to join me down in Panama in April, Ooh. where you went with me. Sure. Was it last year, which is an incredible wildlife um, opportunity. Fun. It's very, very cool. So there's some of those things coming up. Registration is, is closing pretty soon on some of these. So if you're interested in those, um, definitely check them out. Um, but what are we going to talk about today? Well, today will be a little bit different. We're just going to have a little bit of fun. And what it's going to be is a rapid fire um, set of questions on preferences that we have. It'll become obvious after we start doing a few of them. But, you know, it'll be a little bit different, a little bit fun. Plus, we figure it'll give you insight into some of our thought processes. So when we're recommending something or not recommending something, you might have more of a sense why. So that's the concept. Okay. And we're going to do these rapidly. Okay. We'll try to remind ourselves of it. Yeah. Okay. We have a, a little list, making your list and checking it twice, I suppose, this yeah. time of year. Okay. So how about, and then we'll just kind of alternate on asking the okay. questions and I can go first. All right. So the first one will be, what is your general preference on camera size and how sensitive are you to it? So you mean like form factor? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And bulkiness and weight. Generally, I prefer having uh, the smaller body that I can add a grip to because mm-hmm. there's times where, where shooting with a grip is important. Obviously I'm not shooting that way now. Um, but I will say on the bodies that are designed with the built-in grip, they tend to be a little better ergonomically than the, than adding the grip. Mm-hmm. They just have a better button layout and they're a little more compact. So even though I'm shooting with a gripped body right now, um, I, I do like the versatility of being able to add it. And, and, and you know, reduce weight and size for traveling. Yeah. In my case, I'll almost always go for the smaller body. I like the option of the vertical group grip, but in reality, I don't use one very often, even when I maybe should. So it's not a big driver for me, and I'll pick something smaller generally. That sounds good. Now, what about not, uh, not tiny? No, 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 no. They get they can be too small. Mm-hmm. Uh, um. But you know, something I think like that, my hands are bigger than yours. It's yeah. It, it can it's make it, it. It can be an ergonomic thing. You know, it's a, mm-hmm. it's important. Now, what about resolution, like megapixels? For me, as long as for most photography, as long as I'm somewhere between twenty four and fifty, I'm pretty darn happy. Mm-hmm. And I I think the sweet spot these days is somewhere in that forty to forty five to fifty megapixel range. That's just awfully versatile, performs well. I would I would agree. Um, and one reason why I prefer having the whatever it is, 40, 
47, 45, 46 megapixels. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what it is in the Z9 is because I still get almost 20 megapixels if I use the crop mode, mm -hmm. which for wildlife photography is incredibly handy to be able sure. to just crop down in camera, uh, knowing that you're going to probably throw those pixels away anyway. Mm -hmm. um, saves memory space, saves bandwidth, but you still get a very good file. And you get a nice big image in the EVF. Yeah. Yeah. All of those things are, are, are nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Um, what's next? Oh, control layout. Dials, buttons, rings, aperture rings on the lens. This kind of goes back with our style of shooting and how you like, you know, mm -hmm. of the experience of shooting rather than the technical uh, aspect yeah. of it. If I were going to pick just one configuration and have to live with it for everything, I would pick having an aperture ring and a dial on the back that adjusted shutter speed and third stop increments. Mm -hmm. If I had to live with one, I like how fast you can go from wide open to stop down. If you have an aperture ring, that's why I like it. I, I, yeah, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm, I'm so used to, um, you know, I remember when Nikon got rid of the aperture rings on their mm -hmm. G lenses and there was a bit of a <laughs> brouhaha there, right? Yeah, um, it happens. But uh, so I've gotten so accustomed to shooting that way, but I do. So that's if I only had one, I'd probably just keep with what I know. But I agree with you that, you know, a good aperturing, not not repurposing a dial um I think the it's got to have click stops. Yeah, I, I think in my that, opinion that's good. And and if you can have some in between click stops, that would be nice too. So you're not stuck on full aperture increments. But you know that that would yeah. be me. But but I, I think I I definitely prefer something with the command dials front and back at least mm -hmm. at least the rear, and not having to screw around with dials on the top of the body that bring my eye away from what I'm doing when I'm shooting. Mm -hmm. The main thing I dislike are configurations where you look at the controls and it says one thing and how the camera is actually operating is a different thing, oh, which was well. my issue with the ZFC. Mm -hmm. It was my issue with uh, um, DF, Nikon DF, and it was my issue with my very old Nikon FA. It just drives me nuts. I've learned that <laughs> over time. Just, just my well, channel that energy. Hold on to that vibe, and we'll channel that energy in a couple of weeks, perhaps. Good point. Okay, we'll, we'll I know that. what you're talking about. Um, okay. okay. All right. Hmm. Next one. So, when you're shooting and doing a vertical shot, you know, portrait orientation, mm -hmm. which hand is on top? Right hand. That's the right answer. Which is where it's supposed to be. <laughs> it's the way it's supposed to be. And if you shoot with a grip, it's almost, you know, automatically that way. Uh, it, it can get a little awkward, you know, when you have your arm, you know, twisted around the camera. Mm -hmm. But that left hand is supposed to be, um, you know, supporting the camera, not your right hand. <laughs> so the Camera and the lens. Yeah. So I have the lens in my left hand and then, the then the, you know, underneath and then the body on top. Because otherwise it gets a little awkward. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, what do we have on our, we got to pull up the list. Oh, uh, do you have a favorite configuration or construction form factor for the way the LCD on a camera 
operates. So this is like, you know, tilting or, or not, you know, whatever. Fully articulated or not or mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, um, I definitely do. I can live with the, all of them that are out there. But the one I prefer is the one that you'll find on some of the Fujis like the X-T5 and my medium format Fuji, which is just like your Z9, where you can either tilt it up or down or out. But it's not one of the ones that um, goes to the side where it can be used for selfies. I don't care about that. Rotating. Or, or for filming. Yeah. And in fact, I find it gets in my way and I, I don't like it hanging out there as much. Mm -hmm. I'd rather have everything right behind the camera. It's easier for me to handle, mm -hmm. compose, and feels a little bit more secure. I, I am very spoiled by the articulating uh, design on the Nikon Z9 mm -hmm. because it flips out the normal way, but it also flips out in the vertical orientation. And that just makes low angle shots on a tripod possible. Yeah. Um, because to when be it, clear, I'm saying that's the same configuration I yeah, like. Yeah, that's that's the that's a very nice configuration. Fuji first did it, and I think it's great. Hopefully, we'll see that in more stuff rolling forward. I was pleased to see it show up again on the XT5. All right. Well, okay. So, what about EVF size? So this is the um, size of the image in the EVF. Yeah, it could be about. resolution, could be how big it looks. In general, I like a big um, EVF. I like it to be detailed. But to be honest, when I don't have that, I adjust within seconds, and it's no big deal. And I don't even think about it for the rest of the shoot. Most so, of the current ones, at least resolution-wise, are fine. Mm -hmm. Um you know, you don't need crazy resolution in the EVF. Um, I one, think one, if you hit 3.7 million, you're, okay. you're golden. That's my take on it. What, I wear glasses when I'm shooting, and I really like the feature in the Z9 where you can shrink the, the image just a little bit, kind of like a high, high eye point finder. Mm -hmm. um, because most of the time, um, then I'm going to see the entire frame. Yeah, and that's that's a hidden feature in a bunch of cameras these days, and it's a really smart one. Since I don't wear glasses normally, I um, I don't use the smaller one. But if I did, boy, that would be wonderful. Mm -hmm. No, I found it makes a difference. It, yeah. it really it really does help. Um, now, what about composition? Do you prefer composing using the viewfinder or the LCD on the back of the camera, or both? I, I use both. And the way I have ended up is most of the time I use the EVF. And, and certainly for most handheld shots, I use the EVF, unless I'm at weird angles. If I'm doing landscapes on a tripod, I'll use the LCD frequently. I think we're similar in that case. I, I don't know about you, but at least for me, I get a little bit more confidence in what I'm seeing if my eye is up to that viewfinder, mm -hmm. um, even if I'm on a tripod. And then I'll use the LCD to maybe refine composition um, or, or refine the focus point or something. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, once I'm more or less set up, then I'll use the, the rear LCD. But like you said, handheld, no, it's viewfinder 99% of the time, unless it's for a specific The reason. EVF, yeah. Yeah, viewfinder, sorry. Yeah, yeah viewfinder. Yeah. Um, one one thing 
you know, because a lot of times if it's bright out, you you can get a much better view in the EVF just because it's sunny and you know, it's sometimes hard to see the LCD. You get reflections on it, whatnot. Yeah. Plus, I can do diopter adjustments on the, on the EVF. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, lots of good things. You know, that that's kind of nice. Um, how about your preference on the tripod head design? What type? Oh, I have all ball heads. Um, yep. I mean, that's, that's been the case for a really long time. Um, Decades ago, I had tilt shift ones because that's what was common. But yeah, I, I've been using ball heads exclusively for years now. I got a ball head um, when I was still in graduate school. So this would have been in like 2001 or 2002 because mm-hmm. it was painfully obvious at that point how much better it was for, for dealing with stuff. Um, and so I haven't used the pan tilt head in over 20 years. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're just good. There's some, I, I, I prefer knobs to levers on the mm-hmm. controls, but you know, sometimes you, I have both, um, but it is what it is. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yep. Now, do you have a favorite bag? Now, that's always a trick question because there's no one bag. No, there isn't, but. And we've talked I, about uh, bags a lot. But if, if I were going to narrow down to one, it would probably be a medium-sized messenger bag that I could kind of configure as a sling bag hmm. by, okay. you know, putting the strap crossbody. That's that's what I would pick. I'd say my all-purpose bag is the, the backlight backpacks we were talking about a couple mm-hmm. of weeks ago. That is very versatile. I have one that, you know, I can put my computer in it. I can put um, pretty much anything I need. And if that's all I had, I'd be pretty good. I, yeah. I mean, honestly, I've had other backpacks. This one's great. Um, you know, I certainly will use the shoulder bag on occasion. But if I only had one to pick, I would I would choose something like that. Backlight yeah. 26L. <laughs> that's a great one. Right. Uh, okay. What's next? How about what do you use for casual photography? Define casual. <laughs> you, you can define it. My phone, yeah, that's my iPhone. I probably would just do every I now would... and then. I'll I'll pick up the the big camera simply because maybe there's a lens or a feature or something that I I really want to do. So if you say if I was casually walking around or walking around my neighborhood looking for birds, then sure I would <laughs> gravitate to yeah. something different. If but, I if I plan to do photography, I'll use you know, like the little Olympus micro four thirds or the Fuji APS-C mm-hmm. with a small lens as opposed to my phone. That doesn't mean I don't use my phone, mm-hmm. but I, I, I think I'm a little bit more likely to. to use You're a lot more likely than me because you own those and I don't. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a nice <laughs> option. No, it is. Yeah. It's a, a small camera can be, can be fun because mm-hmm. you do get better quality a lot of times, at least in terms of like depth of field stuff. And I like the shooting experience. Yeah. It's, it's it, fun for me. It's cool. What about, uh, lenses and, uh, do you ever just restrict yourself as they go out with either a bag of primes or even just a single prime or restrict- all the time? Yeah. I'll even do weird things like, uh, my wife and I were at the local zoo recently because, like I've mentioned before, we've got a, a membership, which is great. And we go there often because it's a good walk, nice and hilly, good length. But like the last time I went, I, I took that XT5 that we talked about in the previous episode. And I took the equivalent of a 21 millimeter 
and a 15 millimeter with me to the zoo. <laughs> and it was fun. It was great fun. That's cool. I'll do that sometimes, but probably not as often as I should. But I, I've I've done that before. When I walked, around, I went downtown summer mm -hmm. afternoon, and I just yeah. brought the equivalent. I think I was shooting a 35 millimeter prime. Mm -hmm. In fact, I'm pretty sure that's what it was. And I just tried sort of kind of to do street photography. It's not the easiest thing to do for me, but you know, it's fun. It's it's a it's definitely a good way to get yourself out of your comfort zone. And I think as we've said in the past, I mean. We, we both probably um, our earliest photography experiences with SLR type cameras probably just had one lens and it probably Absolutely. wasn't a zoom. It was probably a 35 or a 50 millimeter prime. So it was a 50 for me. Yeah, yeah. Same here. So, I mean, it, we're accustomed to that. That was the kit yeah. lens back in the day. So interesting stuff. What do we got? Uh, oh, so now we're getting into like some topics that deal with, um, style of the images mm -hmm. you know, so like uh what about prefer do you have any unique preferences or particular preferences in the way your images when you process them in terms of saturation and contrast color saturation yeah this one is funny because if i just answered on my own i would say you know fairly saturated for a lot of subjects with you know pretty good contrast levels. But what I find is when I shoot with other people, including you, I tend to actually be lower than most in On terms saturation. of saturation yeah. and contrast. It's just a style thing. There's no right, right. or wrong answer, but it's interesting to me because I would not have guessed that. And for me, it's subject dependent a little bit mm -hmm. um, because as it always has been, um, you can capture so much more shadow detail now than you could with, film you know so it was mm -hmm. um but uh i find my contrast levels usually are a little lower than than some i like opening mm -hmm. up the shadows a little bit especially for wildlife shots i found that using a lower contrast setting actually mm -hmm. helps the image look less blocked up yeah you know, i strongly agree switching that. switching from something like the traditional standard um look whatever you know call it standard um, control uh, style to a more neutral or portrait one really makes a lot of difference. But as I, I like the ability, as I'm sure you do too, is to saturate things selectively. You know, you can have a mm -hmm. scene that pops, but you don't turn the skin tones orange, you know, things like that. Sure. It's never good to look like a pumpkin. No, that's, that's as low on my list. So um, how about how often do you do black and white? And do you ever do an exclusively black and white shoot that you plan that way from the start? I should, but I can't say I really ever have. It's a cool thing because you can you set your camera to <laughs> black and white so you can visualize everything in monochrome. And this is especially true if you're using a mirrorless camera where you can have the EVF preview, mm -hmm. you know, the style that you're using, the contrast and the color. Um, but I shoot what I shoot. And then what I do tend to find is that there are some images that just will be better in monochrome. And so then I process them that way. There's very little value to me, at least in, in shooting um, straight black and white in the camera, not raw where it comes out black and white. Um, you know, if you shoot in raw, those images most of the time will just come out in um, color in your raw editor with some 
exceptions, but for the most part, that's how they were. So you'd get color images, even though you previewed everything in black and white. Um, but the presence of the color allows you to process the black and white. So I'll just see a shot that just says, you know what, this one needs to be monochrome. And that's why I kind of do that. My answer wouldn't be too far off of that. Um, I think the idea of doing something exclusively in black and white to shoot is something I need to do. And I don't know why I haven't I would agree. done that. I, I should put that on my to-do list. But for me, if I see a shot that obviously looks like black and white would work well, I will actually flip to that profile and camera and get off a series of shots that way. Um, it's still in RAW. Mm -hmm. So they're just simply reminders to me later on because I've got Lightroom set up so that with all my cameras, whatever color profile was in the camera at the time gets mirrored in Lightroom. Right. So if it was black and white in the camera, it shows. Well, and, and that's a new Lightroom function, relatively speaking. Didn't yeah, used a to few be years. that way. So, yeah. and it wouldn't do it with all the cameras, but yeah, that's, it is kind of cool um, when you mm -hmm. can do that. What about videos? Do you ever do videos with your camera? No. <laughs> Same. No, just you, don't. You know how many videos I've done with honest to God cameras in my life? Uh, I, three. Maybe five. Yeah. I, I've done some, but it was for my YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. you know, where I used the DSLR. Actually, I was using a Nikon one mirrorless camera because it had face detection at the time. Mm -hmm. DSLRs didn't. But no, for video, I just don't. Um, I I use my phone, though. I'll occasionally do video. Yeah, um, even with my phone, I don't do a tremendous amount, but that's what I'll usually use. I like playing around with um, the, uh, uh, what do you call it? Time-lapse videos on the phone. That can mm -hmm. be fun. That can be yeah. very fun. Yeah. Um, but yeah. How about your thoughts on tripods in terms of using them, not using them, fundamental designs? Um, it's, the, it's the accessory you love to hate, right? Mm -hmm. Because using a tripod makes certain things more awkward. Your shooting angles aren't as easy. Um, you've got to carry it around. <laughs> it can be heavy. Mm -hmm. I think we both use medium-sized carbon fiber tripods to kind of l reduce the weight a little bit. Yours mm -hmm. are newer than mine, but um, I'm using something like a two-series Gitso, four-section, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and it's strong enough. I mean, the, the thing, though, for me is that I know that the tripod is going to give me a degree of freedom for some kinds of shooting that I just couldn't get otherwise, especially yeah. for landscapes. Um, and then being able to do longer exposures and using lower ISOs and not, not having to worry about camera shake that, that is still important for me. And I will still, but on the other hand, for a lot of casual photography, I'm shooting a lot more handheld. I, you know, my answer would be very similar to yours. If I can get away with not using them because of Ibis mm -hmm. or whatever, I don't use them. You know, it's not mm -hmm. something I force my self into but for some shooting situations it makes life so much easier yeah absolutely um and you know when your gear was huge too i mean of course i used yeah. a tripod when i was lugging around a 600 millimeter yeah um don't have to do that as much anymore because gear's gotten um smaller and better yeah do you have a uh i know you like to do portraits do you have a favorite mm -hmm. focal length probably for 85 85 yeah that's probably what i With use 105 although... being the next most popular 
Mm. It depends on the space, you know, how much space you mm-hmm. have. 85 well you is really good for headshots. It's good for headshots, head and shoulders. Um, 105, you got to be back a little bit farther. So <laughs> you need a little more space to do it. And, I've used 50. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I've but used I mean, it depends on if you're doing like single individuals versus groups. Right. But what I find is with 135 and up, this, the shot just feels a little detached because of your distance from the subject. Mm, mm-hmm. Just a little psychological thing. So I like 85. I used to use that 200 F2 once when I had it. Mm-hmm. That was that was a beast, but yeah. but it had bokeh. <laughs> really. Yeah, you could do some nice almost, little blurred out backgrounds. Yeah. And that, that kind of... Um, that leads to the next question, which is if you're doing portraits, what kind of aperture do you like to shoot with? Because you can get really shallow depth of field with some of these lenses. Yeah, I am. Um, you know, it would depend on the style of portrait. But if if it's just stuff I'm taking of my wife, I I will shoot wide open, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'm saying even like 1.2 wide yeah. open wow. cool. at times because it works with yeah. casual portraits and it can look right. kind of nice. If I were doing a more formal shot, I'd be stopping down to 2.8 or F4. I, I, I was going to say that same thing. Because what will happen is, and this can be weird, with the really wide open shots, you know, unless they're directly head on, you'll get one eye sharp and one eye soft. Mm-hmm. And that can be fine, but it can also be a little strange. Um, well, so it it's would, like, you wouldn't want it in a corporate headshot so right, much, right? right. No, As for that, I would camera. probably use F4 or 5.6 mm-hmm. even. I mean, I would just yeah. probably stop down yeah. a little bit because you want everything sharp. So it just depends on what the – what the and as soon as you get more than one person in the shot, you know, now, now it's a different thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, so, um, you know, th- imagine, you know, your wife's holding a newborn, right, or your, mm-hmm. you know, your, your new grandchild. Do you want – you know, who do you want it to focus on <laughs> and – Right. And and if it's really shallow depth of field, something's going to be out of focus in that picture. Yeah. So, yeah, it's not, there's no one answer to that. No. All right. Here's the painful question. Um, but everyone likes to ask this question. If you could only own one lens, what would it be? Yeah, this, this one is actually pretty easy for me. I'd pick something like a 24 to 105 or 24 to 120 fixed F4. That's that's what I would pick. Yeah, that's a solid choice, and it would be mine too. It wouldn't work for my propensity to take pictures of wildlife, but for yeah. everything else, that is probably the most versatile lens that you can have. 24 is wide enough to be wide. 105 to 120 is long enough for portraits and other things. And if it's the constant F4, like you mentioned, they tend to be pretty sharp, wide open. Yeah, yep. So that's good. Okay, what's next? All right, your favorite film from the past. Oh, so Not the first the one you'd pick today, but yeah, the one yeah. that you used when you were well. First thing I ever shot was Kodachrome sixty four. Was the first thing I ever mm-hmm. shot. But um, when I was shooting slide film um, prior to going digital, it was pretty much either Velvia fifty for landscapes or Provia four hundred for for nature, mm-hmm. and I was shooting slide film. And that's what it was. One was the faster film and and they were both relatively saturated. Velvia was, you know, very known to be punchy as it certainly was. Um, But that's what I would use. Yeah. I I used Velvia a lot for landscapes and a lot of travel stuff. Provia at times when I needed 
higher ISOs, just like you were saying. And then for color print film, I usually used Fuji um, Riala, but uh -huh. yeah. it just varied. Yeah. I didn't do a lot of prints, so it didn't, it was just whatever I had. Mm -hmm. uh, occasionally I would use the Ektachrome uh, 100VS, you know, the mm -hmm. saturated. Uh, so Kodak was trying to keep up with Velvia and yeah. be, be more saturated because people really liked it. But yeah, those are the ones that I, I used the most. Um, and then lastly, what's something in terms of either a shooting technique or a processing technique that you've learned you know, more recently in the last 10 years, that's a long time, but is yeah. there something that, that you've changed that, that you know, the way you, you deal with your, either a shooting technique or a processing technique? Yeah. So just a few quick things. One subject recognition and autofocus is a wonderful feature. I think it's great. Focus bracketing and then resulting oh, the focus, focus stacking shift. Yeah. The stacking uh -huh. is awesome for a lot of close-up photography and i think a, a wonderful newer feature and then the you know with post-processing the masking stuff in lightroom these days mm -hmm. so those would be yeah. my three things right i i i'm with you on all of that um i would throw in um some stuff that wasn't really possible before um you know you could say hdr but that that's been around for a really long time now, but night sky shooting for mm -hmm. like Milky way. Yes. I've, it's, I, I probably did it more, more than 10 years ago, but that's a game changer with digital because you just couldn't shoot that way with film. Mm -hmm. Just couldn't get it. Um, and I love doing when I can, those really long daytime exposures, daytime, long exposures, moving water, moving clouds, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, th those things are, are, are really fun. And then, you know, with with the processing stuff, I'm, I'm in the same same place you are. Um, and then, you know, with some of these AI tools coming out for sharpening and stuff, that's they're not there all the way yet. But I can see the potential, and they are really game changers. Um, yeah, or they're, they're, going they're to really be. good already. It's so, just not perfect. So that's it. Well, anyway, um, this is very cool, but I think we're out of time. So um, let's adjourn for this week and we'll see our listeners or we'll hopefully we'll talk to you next week <laughs> when we have another exciting episode of the image doctors photography podcast. Don't forget to check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash image doctors. And until next time, happy shooting. All right. Bye-bye.